This is WJR's Business Biography. Now here's your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Some of the greatest stories, whether about business or life in general, come from unexpected events and outcomes. Things that surprise and delight us and make you say, wow, where did that come from? How did that happen? Such is the story we're excited to share with you today on Business Biography. Today's feature is the story of a young entrepreneur who has emerged on the scene as one of those stories that do indeed make you say, wow. His name is Mario Kizi, a budding real estate tycoon and a social media sensation on top of it. The 31-year-old, second-generation son of Iraqi immigrants, his business, M. Kesey Investments, has evolved organically as a result of Mario's childhood growing up the son of merchants, working himself in the family shops, selling everything from ice cream to deli sandwiches. Upon graduating high school, he then struck out on his own to pursue his interest in real estate development. After a quick success in operating liquor stores in Ohio, which he owned and operated with his brothers, and which led to a sale of those stores to Kroger, his ambition and confidence, along with his appetite for more, grew. Following this first big success, the then 23-year-old Kesey leveraged the capital he had made from the sale of his liquor stores to Kroger and began developing strip malls. Along the way, he turned a long, vacant 90,000-square-foot building in Toledo into an Asian supermarket, then turned his attention and focus back to home right here in Detroit to establish himself as a major player as a real estate developer. With no family member or coach to guide him, it was his instinct and intuition that led him and still leads him today all the way to acquiring the crown jewel of his current real estate portfolio, nothing less than the iconic Oakland Mall in Troy, Michigan. And his portfolio doesn't stop there. It includes now acquisitions of a 300,000-square-foot store at Lakeside Mall in Sterling Heights, as well as several vacant Sears stores buildings as well. How has he gone from serving ice cream and deli sandwiches in his family store to owning the real estate empire he's amassed today, all while just getting started at 31 years of age? Fasten your seatbelt. You're about to hear the story as told by our featured entrepreneur today, Mario Kesey, right here on Business Biography. Mario, take us back to your childhood. Paint the picture of where and how you grew up. We want to know the story of where you came from and how that led to this amazing story unfolding as it has. Mario. Well, I grew up in Sterling Heights, Michigan, alongside two brothers, one sister. I was the youngest of four. My dad came to this country in 1979, he was already married to my mom. They had their firstborn child in 1984. I was born in 1990. The family lived in Oak Park when I was born. We moved to Sterling Heights, Michigan. And my dad, growing up, worked in a liquor store in Detroit pretty much morning till night. Since I was a kid, I was around business since I was, I would say, seven or eight years old, just kind of tagging along with my father when he went to the wholesale or just, you know, intrigued by business. So as a young kid, I was brought to work often with my parents. And the first place I was introduced to was Antoine's Ice Cream at Oakland Mall. It's really funny how things change in time. We bought that business 
And I was nine years old. At that time, there wasn't really babysitters, and my parents brought me to the mall. So I really kind of had an opening to my retail eye at a young age. I understood what commerce was. I started to learn things, and it really caught my interest. So during school, I was always quick to pick up on classes that would teach business. And probably the only area in school that I did well. But as I got older, my parents bought a deli, a small deli inside of the former golfing games in, in Warren, Michigan, which is now Menards. And that was the butterfly. And we had that for a few years. And I think during my middle school years, I spent my weekends working with my mom and my dad and my brother. You know, that was an arcade that had go-karts. So it was always like a fun place to work as a kid. Leading out of that, going into high school, I worked for Marriott and I went to Sterling Heights High School, graduated from high school, went to Ohio. When I went to Ohio, we had state liquor stores. We actually had one state liquor store that we picked up that was within the family for decades, my uncle. And we bought the store from him, and my brothers and I went to work. So I really, I, I don't know if you can say, I had an entrepreneurial childhood that led me to Ohio. I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. And when we went to Ohio, we had one state liquor store that we bought right outside of Toledo. My brothers and I ran that business. Nobody touched the register other than us. It was just the typical, really the typical Chaldean story. That was in 2008. I literally graduated from high school in 08, and I went the next weekend. My brothers told me to enjoy the summer. I said, guys, I want to come work. I went to work for a weekend. It was busy. The stores in Ohio are very different than they are in Michigan. We had high volume. And I told them, guys, I'm going to go back and enjoy my summer. And they said, no, you came. So we enjoyed it. We worked many long days, and I really enjoyed my time in Ohio. But we expanded from one market to another. We, we ended up with three stores and, you know, one brother would stay at one, other brother would go to another, and then uh, we had a partner on the third, and I'd float around all of them. And I feel like it gave me an entrepreneurial eye working in different markets. And the stores in Ohio were doing huge volume. So I was learning, I guess, the lesson of volume, and, and I did really well in those stores, and we ended up buying a few more. And one day Kroger walked in, they knocked on the door, and they gave us an opportunity and a head start in our careers. We had these licenses that in Ohio, like for example, in Bowling Green, Ohio, there's one license for the whole city. We had that license. And there's a Meyer and there's a Walmart and the Kroger. So you can imagine why Kroger wanted that license. And, you know, they called us. We had a really easy dealing and sold the company to Kroger. Now, it's one thing to get inspired, to spot an opportunity. But it's another thing altogether to have the boldness and drive to seize on opportunity along with the natural intuition and instinct to know what to do when opportunity presents itself. Where does that pioneering spirit come from? Where does ambition come from? Here again is Mario Chiesi. After that transaction, we sold the stores, so we were looking for something new to do, and I came across a vacant corner, and that's where it all started. I, I had no knowledge. I had no experience. I didn't know what a site plan was. I didn't know what a rendering was. I didn't know what a letter of intent was. I had zero real estate experience. And from that moment, I just started buying small lots, building small buildings that led to medium-sized buildings, some junior box and some big box. And a lot of work in Ohio, a lot of my early work was done in Northwest Ohio. And I just learned the business with my back against the wall that led to the right opportunities that were in front of me. I've learned a lot and I'm very excited about my recent acquisition, which I feel very blessed. Now, it's one thing to get inspired to spot an opportunity, 
But it's another thing altogether to have the boldness and drive to seize on opportunity along with the natural intuition and instinct to know what to do when opportunity presents itself. Where does that pioneering spirit come from? Where does ambition come from? Here again is Mario Chiesi. I think heritage comes a lot with the entrepreneurial spirit, the Chaldean communities. I think I read a report one time that two and three families own their own business. And I think it's just in our blood. You know, growing up, I had a love for it and a passion for it. And when I was exposed to the mall, I mean, I was in Oakland Mall in 1999. I was nine years old, but what a great time to be in the mall. And it wasn't taken in more of an entertainment way as more or less understanding the business, understanding basics, like very basic economics, such as we had an ice cream store. So new flavors, pricing, how things were done, what people were buying. And you don't really understand that till later when all the experience goes into your efforts. With entrepreneurial DNA boiling in his blood, Mario Chiesi is rocking in business now. We're going to head to a quick break. Back with more in a minute right here with the rest of the story of Mario Chiesi's amazing entrepreneurial success. Stick with us right here on Business Biography. Welcome back to WJR's Business Biography with your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome back to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. You're listening to the amazing story of entrepreneurial success earned by Mario Chiesi. And we're just getting started with his story. How does one go from owning liquor stores to owning the Oakland Mall? We're about to find out. So, Mario, tell us about how you first became aware. What were your earliest memories of the Oakland Mall? And how in the world do you go from there to ultimately purchasing it this year as the crown jewel of your real estate portfolio? Well, that's a great question. What intrigues me most about the property is most of the mall is a single story level. So you look at a lot of malls that are failing around the country, even some of the A malls around the country, they're really struggling on the second and third floor in a lot of cases. So, you know, when I bought the Sears property next door, and when I bought the Sears next door, I, I, I looked at the project initially from a total suburban aspect. Like, I'm just going to put a Hobby Lobby in, which is what, who we leased to, release the Logan's Roadhouse to Longhorn Steakhouse, do a self-storage deal on the second floor, and call it a day. And we bought the property or, or started going back to the site. It took me back to the mall, which, you know, I, I, I would stop from time to time. But, you know, I call it the sleepiest site in Metro Detroit because I, I only went back because I bought the Cirrus. So I started walking through the corridors and seeing it from a different eye after all the experience I've had developing real estate the last 10 years. And I immediately knew that it was a great opportunity. So traveling and reading about certain projects. And my, you know, since we bought the mall till now, our ideas have changed dramatically. We're learning, you know, every day on aspects of the development, talking to different people and getting other people's input. But if you look at some other developments like Chelsea Market or The Lab in California, not a lot of people are familiar with those things here in Metro Detroit, but that makes it all better because if I bring it here, I bring some of that experience here, it would, I think, be a huge hit. And I mean, I look at the site like it's its own city. It's such a large site and the opportunities are endless. Like any true visionary, many see trouble and problems in a down market existing for malls and would view this as a purchase that's nothing but a headache. But a true visionary sees it differently. 
The true visionary sees the possibilities. So you bought it, Mario. You closed on it earlier this year, and now it's yours. Exciting in many ways, but scary in others, I'm sure. The New York Times and others forecasted the death of malls in 2020 and 21 as a result of what started with the war wage on brick-and-mortar retail by Amazon and other e-commerce behemoth and big-box category killers continued with the death knell brought on by the pandemic. Malls are dead, right? A relic of the past. Is this nothing more than a vanity play? Or is this a wise investment that, if proven successful, catapults you, Mario, and your MKZ investment company into the limelight as a real player in what today, especially for malls, is a really tough market? We'd love to hear how and why you're going to make this work, Mario. The mall is very viable as it sits today, in my opinion, by default. And it's a value mall. People go there today. Macy's is very successful. The H&M is very successful. A lot of the retailers there are very successful. But, you know, we're not looking to build off of what the foundation of that mall was in fashion. We're going towards a different direction. And what we've done a little less than four months of acquiring the property is we've identified entertainment uses. We've identified two different areas for food. We have a street food hall that we're trying to put in. And we also have... About a 10,000 square foot exterior premise that we're going to introduce five small plate restaurants to that'll open up to an atrium and a farmer's market and a lot of outdoor space that people in Michigan lust when we have it. So, you know, we're looking at, I would say, less than 30% fashion and more or less turning this into a mixed use project than what you would see in your typical malls. We've learned that Generation Z influences their family's decisions and you know, if you can bring Generation Z to the mall, then you get the parents and you get the grandparents and everybody else that comes along with it. But what we're going to do initially is bring in good food, great food. That's the first way to bring in people is to feed them with some of the best cultural and ethnic and, and uh, chef-driven restaurants, not your suburban brand names, and entertainment, as well as what I would call experimental retail. I think it's really exciting. You know, you mentioned your focus on Gen Z. It absolutely makes a lot of sense to go after that demographic, Mario. You talk about Gen Z being a major target these days for brands and retailers. No question about it. Lots of buying power there. It's kind of a unique community. They have unique expectations. Values matter to them. Being able to associate and affiliate with a given brand matters to them. Purpose matters to Gen Z. And it's really an interesting community. And not only have the values and objectives of the customer base changed, that being Gen Z versus others, but the channels by which you reach them have also changed. How do you reach them, Mario, and how do you engage them so that they come to your mall and so that they spend? Well, you become a social media star on TikTok, right? And reach them where they are, Mario. How in the world did this happen? So... Believe it or not, I'm somewhat shy. I came across this. They called me a star in the cranes. I, you know, so I feel like I have a very strong local base. My whole purpose with my first video was to archive my thoughts and my work for my children to watch at a later date. And, you know, how cool would it be to show them what I'm doing now? I have three under five. And over time, if they were able to watch my work, I thought it would be really fun. So... My whole intention was to just archive my thoughts 
and some of my work. And then I started to build a following. And then when we bought Oakland Mall, we have like a movement going on on TikTok and people are very interested. And I've had people reach out to me that have been very thankful that I'm showing them the behind the scenes of a very sentimental piece of property in Metro Detroit. And we're happy. And a lot of our great ideas come from the people. Yeah, social media, in particular TikTok in this case, is a really powerful, proven way for you to forge real connections with your customers and prospective customers and to engage them as a result of the relationship you create with them. The idea of getting on video, expressing yourself, being real, being authentic, that's a really powerful tool, especially when targeting Gen Z. It is very powerful. And what I try to show them is humility as well. And, you know, I've had people that have denied it going into the mall. There was a restaurant in southwest Detroit that burned down called Takiera El Rey. And I went to the family and I said, this is your new home. This is your new restaurant. They had amazing food. Everybody wanted them. And I wasn't able to get them. And I went on TikTok and told people I wasn't able to get it. So I I try to teach people it's not always sunshine and roses and that real estate development and construction has a lot of pain to it. I like to teach people my trials and tribulations so they don't make my mistakes. The fine line between success and failure becomes even finer when big investments are on the line, big dollars, big investments into what conventional wisdom might say, what are you thinking? And of course, the bottom line is, if you're thinking the same old, same old, you're right in being concerned about such an acquisition as the one Mario made earlier this year with his purchase of the Oakland Mall. But if you're a visionary, if you think boldly and differently and in ways unencumbered by conventional wisdom, you do indeed make this purchase and you craft a contemporary business plan and strategy that is in sync with today's opportunities while artfully navigating around today's challenges. Such is the way Mario Chiesi is doing it. Buy them all. Focus on creating amazing experiences to draw customers in and engage them. And market it all on TikTok to Gen Z as a primary target. Express yourself authentically by saying things like, we just bought them all. And I want your ideas, Kesey wrote in big white letters on the bottom of a TikTok video about his March acquisition. Now that video has had more than 600,000 views since he published it on March 28. The video runs two minutes and 52 seconds and features Keezy wearing a simple purple button-down shirt and an earnest expression while recording a selfie video on his phone as he walked the 1.5 million square foot mall. He highlighted the empty spaces, shared ideas, and told his viewers he'd like their suggestions on what new restaurant concepts they'd like him to include in the future of the Oakland Mall. He went on to say, we're going to activate all of this space. No same old, same old going on here. We're headed to a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick back up with Mario Kizzi's story of entrepreneurial success right here on Business Biography. Stick with us. Welcome back to WJR's Business Biography with your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome back to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Today, we're featuring the incredible success story of Mario Kizzi. Now returning to our story. Mario, you've used the term virtual 
as it relates to the future of your new Crown Jewel Mall, how do you see blending physical retail with virtual business approaches that are so in vogue in business today? The Oakland's going to be, I think, a model of the future. And things that I'm going to be doing within the Oakland, and I'm telling you this because I believe it's a lesson for others to learn and how to do business in today's world. So when we open a concept at the Oakland, we're looking at selling it on TikTok. So if we open our own concept, we're looking to get it on Shopify, get it on TikTok, and really emphasize on online direct-to-consumer sales. So I call that a new world of retail. And, you know, people experience things virtually and then want to buy them physically, whether that's a candle, whether that's soap, whether that's cotton candy, whether that's a candy box that, you know, I've, I, I know an entrepreneur out of San Diego that's selling $50,000 a week of candy on TikTok. It's not her candy. She just buys unique candies and she boxes it virtually, posts a video, and then you see all these other kids that want to buy it. And for her to do 50000 a week, I think, is a token of the future. And people have to take note that brick and mortar, I, I'm, I bought a mall and I'll tell you brick and mortar. If I allow the mall to go down its current path, it will follow the current path of all the other malls in America. But if I change it up and bring experience and bring culture, that's what the new world's all about. You can order a special kind of Skittles and three other things of candy, and she'll print out your label, make a video about it, and say, I'm packaging this order today, it's going to this state, and here are the four things they ordered, and then she'll throw a couple freebies in. TikTok is as simple as putting tape on a box and teaching somebody how to flip a switch in some sense. And a lot of people that are younger are looking to learn. So she packages the order, and then she ships it out, and people will watch that, and they place an order with the hopes that they'll put their order on TikTok, or just part of the experience, they know how things are done, they see her packaging and they want her to package it, so they order from her. Direct to consumer, doing business virtually, blending online, offline, being omnipresent with both a brick and mortar and an online presence, together making each component more successful. As we know, much of retail these days is based on experiences, experiential retail. It's been prognosticated by many in the retail field that as it relates to future success with malls or brick and mortar in general, there must be a real focus on the experiential side for consumers. And so we'd love to hear more about your plans accordingly with the Oakland Mall's future. Yeah, so we, we hope to have our grand opening of the Oakland in 2024. And what we hope that our five-year vision for the mall is to create an experience of food, an experience of retail, and, and a lot of retail warehousing. So we're trying to create new ways of doing business as a mall. So we want the mall to end up being a button where you click and you subscribe to the mall. And anything that's within the mall, which is eventually going to be an anti-mall, so we're going to be really focused on consumer. You know, we're looking at candle making classes, soap making classes, things that, I mean, look, I'm a millennial. I don't know how to grill. I, nobody ever taught me how to grill. I would love to have a grill class to teach everybody. You know, just it's more or less like I said, experimental cooking and experimental, you know, we're making a slime museum right now where kids can come in and make their own slime. I mean, think about that as a memory for life. Candles, healthy candles that are not full of carcinogens. Soap that is homemade and handmade by multiple makers that are out at the mall. Food that is made by chefs 
and options from A to Z, halal, vegan, everything that people want. And then entertainment, unlike Michigan's ever seen before, I've retained people from the West Coast to bring me brands that you do not see in Michigan. It's very important for me to have brands that are exclusive to the state of Michigan because I'm not looking at this for a three-year success or five-year success. I want a long-term generational success. And that's why we're working with Hasbro. We're working with Nerf. We're working with Crayola, Angry Birds, and some big brands to really knock out the entertainment. And going back to the subscription, you know, we have a lot of options within the mall. We're testing a lot of things. So we, we have brands, we call them ghost brands that we've called already that are billion-dollar brands that have zero interest in opening up retail locations. But what we're trying to pitch them on is let us lease you six feet in the back of the mall that would not be accessible to the public, but we would allow us to carry your brand in our fulfillment our retail warehouse is what we call it. And we're looking to help entrepreneurs start up. So what we're doing, what we're really focused on is providing suites, small spaces within large spaces that can accommodate an entrepreneur to do things that they would never typically have the ability to do, like lease a small salon studio, lease a small makeup studio. We're going to have a lot of beauty. We're going to have a lot of small space within large space where entrepreneurs who are intimidated to sign leases. I'm a millennial myself. And Generation Z, I feel like I've connected very well with. They're scared to sign leases. They're scared of build-outs. They're scared of personal guarantees. A lot of people are. And I think that these new creative shared spaces where somebody can get their start goes a long way in today's new world of leasing. We would deliver within 30 minutes of Oakland Mall, which is a very dense population, sometimes within an hour. We're still working out all the plans. And hopefully... We would be a subscription where you would be able to order anything within the brands, our ghost brands, and then we would deliver to you within 30 minutes, an hour, a day. It would be very quick delivery, just really focused on Metro Detroit. Like I have a food guy that came to me that has a concept that's like it's, it's a special patented way of making bread that doesn't have bleach in it, and it's like an alternative to flour. Imagine if we can make the healthiest bread at the Oakland. It comes to your house, your office, along with whatever else you want and all the other natural stuff that we have there. And it's a subscription, and all of a sudden we're we're not just a mall. We're a Metro Detroit staple, you know? So those are the goals. I just want to make sure I get there, you know? I think that's a great idea, and certainly the subscription model gets kind of like a glorified Costco kind of experience. It is, um, but it goes even further than that. So a lot of people in today's world, if you go on TikTok, there's a lot of great doctors on there. There's a lot of great health experts that have really taught me a lot about my health. And, you know, some of the people that are on there are really pushing, for example, no plastic, right? So we've had, we have a concept we're developing called All Glass Market, where everything is packaged in glass. There's no plastic and there's no canola oil. We're trying to develop a very craft way of creating foods, working with our makers, and that would be what you would have delivered to your house. So if we made a ketchup that wasn't made in plastic and full of cornstarch, and there's only one brand, and you know that we're doing that, I feel like there is a market in Metro Detroit for people to order from us. And while you're ordering your fresh products, you also have other things that you can order as well, such as clothing, such as electronics, such as food. And really, I call it a subscription, but I really call it 
concierge level subscription where different levels of subscriptions could have higher levels of attentive service where you're really dealing with a rep that knows you well and knows what you want and has a higher level of dealing with you than some of these bigger companies that, you know, they're doing national and, and, and worldwide business. My aspirations do not go beyond Metro Detroit. My only aspirations beyond Metro Detroit is in a UPS box if you order off of Shopify or, or TikTok. You know, I love, I love the way you've extended it with this kind of concierge concept. That's really interesting to me where you can have someone at the front end of their experience, for example, and then follow on as well, but certainly at the front end and crafting the experience makes it very individualized and personalized based on the family's needs, based on their buying patterns, et cetera. Um, that's really innovative thinking. That's really where it's going. I want to give you an example. Your wife is having a birthday party and planning a party for your one of your kids. And she calls her concierge, and we have preferred party vendors that we've already vetted out that are local to Metro Detroit, our makers that are making fresh hors d'oeuvres and fresh finger foods, and then our makers that are also making their street food within the mall, as well as our paper and novelty and everything else, the cakes, the desserts. You can literally call our facility, and our concierge hopefully will be able to assist you with every aspect in one house, in one person that could guide you to having a really unique and fun experience and save you time and hopefully money. Mario Kizi says his focus for fulfilling empty spaces is to seek out local entrepreneurs, representatives of what he refers to as the shark tank culture, including young entrepreneurs and women, black and Latino owned businesses. He said younger audiences, we want unique and special things. He notes when reaching out to potential tenants, his first focus is food, and his second focus is entertainment. Wait, where's the shopping? Well, first, get the customers to come into the mall. Second, fill it with those interesting shops owned by diverse and interesting cultures of various kinds that dazzle and engage the customers that are there for the experience and ultimately drive them to making purchases. In five years, Kesey aspires for the center to have the kind of vibe that a Chelsea market in New York City, for example, has with its local artisans and chefs, where people eat, get entertained, and oh yes, where indeed they shop. We're going to head to a quick break. We'll be back with more of the amazing entrepreneurial success story of Mario Kesey, right here on Business Biography. Welcome back to WJR's Business Biography with your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome back to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Today, telling the amazing success story of Mario Kesey. Amazing success in business, success that drives contributions beyond just to the individual behind that success and extends to the broader community in which the business is based. And that, in turn, drives support for one's endeavors. Speaking to the importance of the Oakland Mall and the exciting changes Mario Kesey has envisioned and is already underway planning for the Oakland Mall is the mayor of the city of Troy, Michigan, the city in which Mario's mall is based. Ethan Baker, the mayor of the city of Troy. Mr. Mayor. Thanks, Jeff. You know, the Oakland Mall has a long, long history in the city of Troy, and I often think of it as kind of the gateway to Troy for people who are coming up, um, certainly from 
Detroit or further south. And obviously from the east side, you first approached uh, Troy right there at the Oakland Mall, 14 mile on I-75. And I think it's a big deal. That, that says a lot about the importance it plays in our community just from that standpoint alone. But the other aspect of it is, it is we know it's drawing people from the region into our city who are then using our city services, our, our restaurants. They're obviously at the retail, but they're participating in our community. So I think it's vitally important that the Oakland Mall continues to thrive and that we do what we can to support them. And I'm certainly excited that Mario is the new owner and he has such great, exciting things. So right after he, you know, it announced that he had purchased the Oakland Mall, I, I reached out to him and I said, you know what, I'd love to, love to meet you, get to know you a little bit. I'd love to hear about your vision. Um, so he invited me. We met actually at the mall, walked around um, all different parts of it. He showed me a lot of his ideas. We talked a lot about his vision for not just the immediate future, but the long future for the Oakland Mall. And, um, I, you know, so many malls and shopping centers today are owned by either, you know, corporate trusts or out-of-town developers. Uh, but Mario is a local guy, right? He, he's not a Troy native, but he's right next door, I believe. And he's, he knows the region and the community really, really well. And I think that's exciting. I love it when people invest back in their own communities and try to make a difference. I, I know Mario's doing that. Really looking forward to seeing Mario's continued success here in Troy. And um, the Oakland Mall is going to continue to be a, a driving economic force for our community, for sure. Mayor of the city of Troy, Ethan Baker. Thanks for your comments, Mr. Mayor. Clearly, Mario Kizi is on the radar screen at the highest levels. Mario, clearly now with the acquisition of the Oakland Mall, your plate is full and then some, I'm sure. And that's not the only acquisition you've made this year and certainly not to be your last. Tell us about your team and the operations at your company at MKZ Investments. So we have about seven or eight people in our office. We're in Troy. We have a totally separate staff for Oakland Mall. So the Oakland Mall has its own set of employees. But we rely on the best third-party vendors I call in the country. I, I've really identified a great group of third-party team members that I hire as consultants that really help me streamline my business and keep my overhead low. Mario, you've indicated that a big part of what you want to achieve in life is to help others. What advice would you give young people if I say, you know, I want to follow in your footsteps. I want to do what you're doing. I want to be as successful as you are. What are some of the things you'd recommend for young people wanting to pursue a career path uh, in the field in which you are now operating in so successfully? The first thing I would give advice to anybody, you have to do what you love. And if you love what you do, it's not work. That's my first piece of advice because, I mean, happiness and peace are the most vital assets in your, in your life. You have to identify what's best for you, what makes you happy. As you get up every day and you go about your work, you're highly focused, as you mentioned right now, on the here and now with respect to Oakland Mall. What do you see in your future? What drives you every day? Do you have bigger dreams? I'm very blessed to be in the position to have acquired this mall, the Oakland. And I, and I say to myself today that it is my crown jewel. It is my focus. It is what I'm going into the next phase of my career, something that I feel like if I focus on this single project, I can really do great things for Metro Detroit and the community through this one project. And, you know, I mentioned I've been working since I was young and I feel some sort of, I don't want to call it a void in my childhood, but I've been working for a long time. And I, if I can focus on this one project and I don't care to really match it, if that makes any sense. I care to just really focus here for the next five to 10 years and hopefully turn this into one of the most successful projects in Metro Detroit. But I would say that over time, I want to teach the youth 
I want to be somebody that is helpful in the community. I love to be a humanitarian. I love helping people. I love Metro Detroit, and I'd like to spend a lot of my time in the future in the community. Every now and then, a shining star emerges in our community. Such is the case with Mario Kizi, a force to be reckoned with in business, but more importantly, a member of our community that we value and appreciate. One who sets an example that others can follow based on values, hard work, and determination. You've been listening to the story of Mario Kizi here on today's Business Biography. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Business Biography on the great voice of the Great Lakes, 760 WJR.